If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming to South Point. We just want to say welcome. We are glad that you are here. Um, if you're joining us online, thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to comment as we go along, and uh, just great to be able to have both of these communities worshiping God together. Um, before we get started this morning, I um, want to do a couple of different things. Um, first, uh, this coming week is Veterans Day. Um, and so with this being the Sunday before, here's something I'd like to do real quick. If you are active or former military, any branch, will you please stand for one moment and remain standing? And you're all going to do it. So I know there's several of you. Come on. This is Adeline. All right. Remain standing for a second. If you are the family member of someone that is standing, will you stand as well? Because we want to honor you as well. I'm going to take a second. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much. I just want to say a prayer over all of our veterans, active and former, and uh, then we'll continue to worship. God, we love you. God, we are thankful for the service of these men and women and their families, God. The sacrifices that they have made, the places that they have put themselves and God, even for the ones that aren't here this morning, I know we have several, some may be watching online, I know we have several traveling, God, we just want to say thank you for their service. God, I pray that you will be a blessing to them, that you will continue to watch over them in safety and provide for them and their families. And God, we are just thankful that we live in a place with the freedom that we have made possible by the service of these men and women. We ask all of this in Christ's name, amen. The other thing before I get started this morning, last week we made kind of a big announcement. We're starting a new series, straining towards the goal. At the end of it, we said, hey, part of this is, yes, there's some giving aspect to it. We're looking at a kind of big lofty thing. We, we said we want to raise $160,000 over the next 24 months. Um, we're going to change that. Uh, we're going to make it 165 um, because astute listener Paul walks out last week and goes, hey, you need to change it. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, do some math. Yeah, if you divide 160,000 by 24, um, the number is just 6666666 forever. <laughs> so we said, you know what, let's make this uh, a little more eternal. And, uh, and so we're going to change that a little bit. So yeah, I, thought, I told all the staff that we laughed about it. But yeah, we, we missed that um, whenever we kind of went through. But last week we did, we said, hey, we're going to take the next couple of weeks because I think it's really important for us as a church family, whether you're in this room right now, whether you're watching online, we said, hey, this can be something that can really bring us together, or it can be something that can be a little bit divisive, and we don't want divisive. Today, we're going to continue to look at unity. But last week, we said, yes, we're going to kind of launch into this campaign where we said, hey, we, this is kind of about the next steps for our church, the next steps for South Point. And so we said, hey, we're going to be straining towards the goal, and I just kind of want to give a quick little reminder of, okay, what is the goal? One, our goal is changed lives. Like we desperately want to see people not just made into a more moral person. We want to see people changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to see legitimate changed lives through this. Uh, we want to see God's provision and goodness on display. Man, we have been an unbelievably blessed people. And so we want to be able to see that on display. We want to see a community impacted and a church moving forward. Uh, we want to see what does South Point look like in 2030 that it doesn't look like in 2020. Um, and our ultimate goal is we want to see God glorified. None of this is about, oh, look, let's have something big and shiny. I make the joke all the time, like 
At no point in a giving campaign will there ever be an airplane in the back of the parking lot. Uh, this is about God's glory, and we want to say, man, he has been a blessing to us. We want to be a blessing to others. And so within that, anytime you kind of walk into something big, there is this natural, if you're in Christ, it, whether it's like, okay, I'm about to make a career change. Man, our, our family may be moving somewhere. Like, you've probably had one of those big moments in your life that was just life-changing. It was a whole new chapter. There is something in us that just naturally knows, hey, I need to pray about this. Like, I need to stop down. I need to seek God on this to make sure that what I am doing is lining up with his will and his glory. Like, there's just that natural thing. And so as we kind of talk about, hey, we're looking at trying to, to raise money and to make some changes around here and impact our community and see lives changed, we need to pray through that. This is not something that we just jump into and go, hey, this is all about us. No, we need to be praying, and we need to be praying together. And so this week, as we kind of walk through straining towards the goal, I want to talk about how do you and I partner together and pray about what God can do through this. And so this morning, we're going to just look at three different things that our prayers as a body of believers need to be. And the first one is this. Our prayers need to be big. We need to have really, really big prayers, and we need to have those big prayers together. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27, you can follow along in your Bible if you want. It'll be on the screen. This is a prayer of Solomon. You need to understand, this is a prayer 3,000 years ago when this was prayed. And Solomon, I'm not going to read all of this prayer, but I wanted to read a couple verses. It says, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea. O oh Lord my God, listen to the cry and to the prayer of your servants pray before you this day. That your eyes may be open night and day towards this house. The place which you have said, my name shall be there. That you would listen to the prayer of your servant, or that your servant offers towards this place. And listen to the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. And listen in heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. This is a huge moment in the lives of the Jewish people. For years and years and years and for generations and for generations, they had worshipped God in a tabernacle. A building that Moses had been given kind of the specs for. And they go in to this tabernacle, this tent essentially. And there comes a time... And God says, I need a temple. I'm gonna, my glory is going to reside there. And David makes all the preparations for his son Solomon. And man, they pull all this stuff together. And there's a moment where on a hilltop in Jerusalem, this temple is built. It's the first temple. And this is about 3,000 years ago when it was built. And it would stand for hundreds of years. And then unfortunately, that one would get knocked down by King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. And then it would be rebuilt. Um, the second temple, the second temple they said was in today's value, a multi-billion dollar building. And it's smaller than this room. Like there was just that much gold and ordination of this, we want this to be about God's glory. And then in AD 70, that one was taken down and one day there'll be another one, but that one's going to have to come a little bit later. But this is a huge moment for the Jewish people. And so Solomon stands before a crowd and in a loud voice, he begins to pray, and he prays for the people. He prays for God's glory, and this is a big, big prayer. Why? Because our God is a big, big God. You see Solomon when he says, 
But behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. Solomon understands, man, God is big. He is bigger than the heavens. He's bigger than the cosmos. He created all of these things. That's why centuries and centuries later when Paul's writing, he says, hey, I know a guy that was caught up to the third heaven. He's talking about himself because in the Jewish culture, you had the first heaven, which was the sky, the one that we can see where the birds and things fly around and the wind blows. The second heaven was celestial bodies, which, yes, we get to look up and see the moon and the stars and the sun and the planets. But then there was the third heaven. This was the literal dwelling place of God that mankind's eye cannot see right now. And Paul says, man, I I got caught up into that heaven, and I got downloaded the gospel. And thousands of years before that, Solomon is going, man, God, you are so big. How can this home contain you? And yet you say, your name will be here. He makes a big, big prayer. I don't know, have you ever prayed big prayers? I know I have. Every August, I pray, God, in your sovereign good glory, make your name known and let A&M win a championship this year. Come on. It's been a while since 1939. I'd like to see it in my lifetime. So I I pray big prayers, and y'all guys know that's a big prayer because it ain't happened yet. This is our chance to pray big prayers. Solomon looks at the temple that he's created, and he goes, this isn't about us. This isn't about just the people. But Solomon looks at this place, and he goes, this is going to be a home for people to worship. People are going to come to this place And they're going to cry out to God, and they're going to worship his glory. And they're going to confess their sin, and he even prays that. God, when you hear that, forgive. He knows that that would be a place of change. I believe this can be a place of change. Years ago, they prayed for the temple. Today, we pray for the body. And we we pray big prayers because we are involved in that. We're the people that are going out from this place after worshiping in interacting with our family, interacting with our neighbors, interacting with our community. And it's our opportunity to take the message of the glory and the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. We have that opportunity, but we need to pray big prayers. We need to pray for people. We need to pray for relationships because we serve a big God. God is bigger than an election. Kings are like channels of water in the hands of God. He turns them wherever he pleases. That's why I have absolute comfort every election. Like, I'm not ever worried because God is still in control. He's that big. He's bigger than the problems that you're going to face tomorrow when you go to work. He can be bigger than the problems that you're going to face maybe when you go home. He's bigger than strife. He's bigger than unrest. He is a big God. In every prayer that we make, he hears. Every single one of them. Today, billions of prayers will go up. And not one of them will not be heard by God. And so as we pray big things, we say, hey, our goal is kind of big in this. And so let's pray big. Let's pray that God would use this for his glory. Let's pray that you would see your family and your friends and your neighbors impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ through this. And so let's also pray night and day, like it says in verse 29, that God would continue to use South Point Church to impact our community, to have an impact on Abilene, the big country, all the places where we come from. So let's pray big prayers. Our next thing is our prayers need to be biblical. We need to have a biblical prayer. You're not going to find a much more biblical prayer than John chapter 17. It's one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament. It's one of my favorite chapters and one of my favorite books. 
because it's what we call the high priestly prayer. It's the longest recorded prayer of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to read all of it or we would be here for weeks. Um, But I want to read a couple of verses. In verse 1 it says this. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Now within that, people want to know, like, why did God send his son 2,000 years ago? Why not 3,000? Why not 1,000? Why not today? Like, in this perfect moment, this is when it happened. The hour, (coughs) excuse me, has come. (coughs) Sorry. Allergies. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you have given me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and they have come to know truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. What does a biblical prayer look like? One, this is probably one of the most beautiful prayers in Scripture. But a biblical prayer looks like this. Where is it addressed? Father. It's not about us. It's not about some celebrity. It's not about a president. He says, Father. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. He addresses it to God, and therefore it is glorious. It's about God's glory. When he says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. A biblical prayer is about God's glory. And so as we pray through this next kind of chapter for our church and the part that we play in that and what this can look like in the future, man, this is why we pray that this is for God's glory because that is a biblical prayer. Changed lives through Jesus Christ. He said, hey, you, you've given me and, and I've changed them. That's why we put such an emphasis on, hey, we want this to be about seeing lives impacted our, our community. That's what a biblical prayer looks like. But I love that in the middle of this, he makes that statement, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus stops down and goes, man, I'm ready to go home. This is my creation. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But he says, I remember all the glory before I stepped out of heaven and lived on this earth for 30 plus years. He says, I remember the beauty of the glory of being with you even before the existence began. Jesus says, man, I am ready to go home. Man, that that hits home this week. Because I know people that are there. You know people that are there. Man, on Friday I went down and got to celebrate the life of a beautiful woman named Marilyn Connor. 
her husband's one of my mentors, and man, she loves Jesus. She's home, and she knows what that glory looks like to the fullest. And next Friday or Saturday, I'm probably going to officiate the funeral of a very special lady to me. I'm just praying, God, take her. She's ready. A lot of people are ready. And I can guarantee you heaven will never be the same when Nanny gets there. <laughs> oh, my soul. There are people that know what Jesus is talking about here. And he says, man, I'm ready to go home. Give me a second. Biblical prayer looks like this. Jesus says, You were as they were, and you gave them to me, and, you, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything, I have, uh, everything that you have given is from me, for I have given them your words that you gave them. Biblical prayer is about getting the word of God out. As we talk about doing things around here, man, it's one of our commitments. Man, we are committed to God's word. This is the primary message that God has used to see lives change, to impact people. This is why when we read these, you can read it a hundred times. In the hundred and first, it can be completely different. That's why there's stories of years ago, a guy that was a Russian actor, and he was an atheist, and, but he was playing the part of a Christian, and there was supposed to be this point where he read Scripture during the play, and then he was supposed to mock it, and he starts reading it, and he doesn't stop. <laughs> He said, man, I was just overcome. Like, I was reading this line, essentially, in a play. And he said, man, I, I kept reading. And I'm on stage, and people are watching. And I kept reading, I kept reading, because I realized this thing is alive. Biblical prayers are centered in God's word. And everything that we do here needs to be centered in God's word. It's prayers for those that are in Christ. Jesus says, and these are, these are heavy words. He says, I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for whom you have given me for they are yours now he's saying I'm praying for believers I'm praying for those that I know will be in me and so we kind of have to ask well should we just pray for those yeah but you don't know who they are <laughs> it's not like there's a barcode this is I'm a believer this is the date I'm going to become a believer pray for me and we don't have those so we're praying for everybody because there's times people go, man, there is no way that person's ever going to know Jesus Christ. And then that turns out to be you sometimes. <laughs> I mean, God's good. And so we're praying for people. We're praying for change. And then it ends in verse 11. It doesn't end there, but it's where we're stopping today. It says, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. A biblical prayer is wrapped in unity. I love the unity of our church. I love that whenever we come into this place, man, we laugh, we tell good stories, we sing out, we worship, we dive into God's word together. We've got to keep that. I love that we've got two men's groups that are out there. And guess what they're not doing? Fighting. <laughs> okay, fight club, yeah, no, that, that's in there. They're fighting, but they're not fighting each other. It's like, hey, we want to be able to provide as many opportunities for people to come together and grow, and sometimes that means multiple groups, and we're good with that. Love all these guys. 
Unity is important. As we pray, we have got to continually pray, God, keep us unified. God, keep us unified. God, keep us unified. God, don't let there be division amongst us because I don't know if you've been in church long. Uh, sometimes they're divided. <laughs> sometimes doing something like our community Christmas, the information on that, we, we tr- decided to do something a little bit different this year, and so we're calling it Fireside Christmas, and it's really about us coming together as family. And so the church is going to provide like the main meal, and we're going to have an old school potluck, and you guys get to bring the other sides. And sometimes in churches, there's people like, I don't like Joe. Why not? Well, back in 84, he forgot to bring the potato salad. He said he was going to bring it, and he didn't bring it, and I haven't forgiven him ever since. Like, that's a thing. (laughs) I want us to be unified in this. And so as we pray, let's pray together. Let's pray together because this prayer that Jesus makes, man, it's a prayer of relationship. The relationship that he has with God. The relationship that he has with the people that God has sent him. And so, man, I love the relationships that we have at this church. Man, I could sit up here for hours and hours and tell stories of just good things that I've got to watch and sometimes laugh at, sometimes cry with. He's not here today, but I love the fact that every time I look at our building, I'm reminded CJ hit it with a bobcat uh, on one of our work days. I'll never, ever forget that. Like, he totally ran into our building. Um, She's probably watching online right now. I love you, Miss Val. Uh, Val wrote me one of the nicest letters I've ever had. Um, she said, hey, you do a lot of things well. You don't get my cleaning supplies well, though. <laughs> and so somebody else gets that for her now. Like, I'll never, ever forget that. Um, going on elder retreats, Jeff Hookie is the best bocce ball player I've ever seen. I beat him one time, though. Hold on to that one. I'll never forget my first day on the job here. I'm going to a hospital to visit Mickey Spindler. Like, I'll never forget sitting down and watching A&M lose with Carl sitting next to me cheering on Alabama. (laughs) I don't know how many of your hands I shook for the first time, and I have to think back to that now because there's just story after story after story. Man, the relationships here are beautiful. One of the biggest ones I will never forget is standing in that baptistry, and I've baptized a number of people here to know that I love every one of them, but my son's wins. (laughs) I remember breaking down and crying and baptizing a skinny little blonde kid. I love the relationships that we have here. And I can't wait in 10 years to be able to throw in story after story of that. And so we're going to pray big, but we're going to pray biblically. And here's the beauty of when Jesus prays biblically. Verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word. 2,000 years ago, in a garden, covered in sweat and literally bleeding through it because he was in such anguish, but at the same time in such joy because Paul says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus just prayed for you. Hey, God, not, I'm, I'm not just praying for those that I have spoken with in the last couple of days or the last couple of years. I'm praying for those 2,000 years in the future that are going to believe in me through their word. Because throughout that time, someone shared Christ and someone shared Christ and someone shared Christ. And 2,000 later, on the complete opposite side of the world, it has impacted each and every one of us. That's a biblical prayer. We're going to pay, pay, pray big biblical prayers for people that we don't even know yet. Because we talked about it last week, man. It's a lot of new people. 
there's going to be more new people. They're going to be sitting in some of these chairs next to you. They're going to become your friends, and we're going to pray for them. So it's going to be big. It's going to be biblical. And then our prayers need to be bold. We need to have a bold prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Paul writes this. He says, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know the instruction we gave through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. You want to talk about a bold prayer, praying God's will? Pray for your sanctification. Man, pray that that big sanctification word, being made more and more like Christ. If we are in Christ, we are being sanctified. We are being made more and more like him through the Holy Spirit, through obedience. That's a bold prayer. God, not my desire, but yours. Not the things that I want to hold on to, but to let go and be made more like your son, Jesus Christ. That's a bold prayer. Because sometimes we want to hold on to those things. It's easier to live like we used to live. But in boldness, we say, hey, not me, you. I want to be made more like you. And so let's, let's have bold prayers. Let's live bold lives. I've got a friend who is extremely, extremely bold. Um, if you watch online every now and then, there's a guy named Dale that'll pop on. Uh, one day, my, I guess my collar kind of got undone, and Terry came running in here. He's like, there's somebody commenting on it. And it was Dale. <laughs> Great guy, good volunteer, good friend. He lives a bold life um, because Dale unapologetically likes Nickelback. Um, and we just had a little generational moment in the church, and so let me explain. Oh, my soul. Nickelback's a band. Everyone that just raised their hands is the subset that keeps buying their albums, but they're terrible. Like, they're absolutely terrible. It's the same reason that Long John Silvers exists. There's people out there that still go. They are the proverbial joke of music. Like, every college football Saturday, when people hold up signs, someone inevitably has a sign that has, like, the coach or the primary player listens to Nickelback. Like, it's meant to be a bar. Like, Nick Saban listens to Nickelback. Um, Early in Facebook, when we had groups, there was a group that I joined that said, can this pickle get more likes than Nickelback? It's my favorite group, and it had millions and millions of people in it. Like, they're just this terrible band, but he loves them. And he'll, if he sees this, he'll tell me today, like, the number of times he's been to Nickelback concerts, and he'll send me songs and things like that. Like, that's, that's bold to me. Like, I, I couldn't tell someone I'd listen to Nickelback. He lives a bold life. We have been called to live a bold life where we don't proclaim something that's terrible. We proclaim the ultimate goodness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's our bold calling and we said last week, hey, we need to, we need to be better there. Like we, we've been called to be committed to the uncommitted, to those that don't know Jesus Christ, to those that are hurting, that are lost. Like we know that's, that's a big, bold calling, and we need, to, we need to be better in that. We need to be a place that lovingly says, hey, I want, I want come to church with me. Like I love my church enough to say, hey, come with me. I know what's going on in your life. I know the pain that's there. I know the hurt that you're feeling. Come with me because there is hope, and you are going to hear the gospel. 
And you'll have a place of worship. You'll have a place that's welcoming. And we've been called to boldness, so let's boldly pray. So in your bulletins this week, if you don't have one, please, by all means, we will get you one. This is a commit card. Over the next two weeks, I'm, I'm asking all of us to come together to pray big prayers, to pay, pray biblical prayers, and to pray bold prayers of what you do with this. In two weeks, we'll have a commitment Sunday. And you see on there, there's just the information spot, but then there's at the bottom, I commit to give X amount per month over the next 24 months. Or I commit to give a one-time gift of said amount. Don't write anything on it today. Pray. Take it home as an individual and pray. Take it home as a family and pray. Because this is something we all want to be a part of. Right now, our kids' ministry and student ministry are partnering in it as well. They're selling coupon books, and all of that will go towards straining towards the goal. I love that any one of them can be a part of this. Like, this isn't just for adults. Like, this is their church too. But take this and pray. Pray about what part you will play in that. Because it's a big thing. We said last week about 160, 65,000. Just so you kind of know within that, what, where does that go? Like, we want you to know, we said last week, we're a debt-free church, and we will continue that. So as money comes in, you will see things happening. Um, $1,500 is going to go to hot water heaters. <laughs> if you noticed in the bathrooms, and uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that, but we're just going to finally have hot water heaters. Um, there's about $2,000 that's going to go uh, to our kitchen to make some updates there. And then some big ones that you'll see. About $20,000 to repaint our building so it's not West Texas vanilla. Um, about 10000 to do some trim and exterior work that just kind of makes it a little more visible and kind of takes our lobby outside. About $30,000 for some outdoor features of seating and some pergola things and redoing some of the front of our parking. Uh, about 5000 for some landscape work, 3000 for signage, 5000 for sprinklers so our grass isn't dead. Um, about 4000 for new front doors so that we can actually bar and unbar them and it's a little bit easier to get in and out. About 14000 for our east and west room. If you've been in there, uh, you know I make the joke, the purple octopus in the west room. Um, we're, we're looking at repainting and redoing the floor in those. One, because we use them. Um, and two, we want them to be available for our community. We've had several different groups from school to baseball leagues, and we say, hey, we want to be a good neighbor in that. Um, about 2500 for some storage. Um, we are out of storage at South Point. That's why sometimes the east and west room look the way they do. Uh, and we want to make some changes in that. Um, about $20,000 for our kids' flooring, uh, in installing some laminate and carpet in the floor there. About $25,000 for our accordion walls. Um, and then we have some money set aside in there, about $23,000 for air conditioners. Uh, this building was built in, I believe, 1996. By the absolute grace of God, the AC units that were originally installed are still working. That's the grace of God, people. <laughs> um, if they all went out at one time, it'd be about $100,000. Um, and we like it when there's air conditioning here. And so we want to kind of be a little preemptive and preventative maintenance and have some money set aside that when those things break down, and they inevitably will, we can fix them. So those are big things. We feel like they're biblical things. And they're definitely bold things. And so we're going to begin to pray over these. 
We're going to begin to pray of, hey, what part do I play? We're going to talk about that more next week. Our kids are involved. What we're looking at with this is in two weeks, there'll be a time. If you've been in a church where things like this happen, <coughs> excuse me, there's lots of different ways that it happens. Sometimes it's like, hey, just, just bring them up front. We, we want to try and, again, make this personal. Um, and so in two weeks, you bring these back. It's going to be a very worship-driven service. And when you're ready as an individual or you're ready as a family, the box is in the back. You're just going to slide it in there. And what I would ask you to do before you drop it in there is make one last big, biblical, bold prayer over it. And that God would use this for his glory. But this week and next week, I'm just asking us, hey, pray over these. Pray about, hey, what can we do? Like, is there some sacrifice that we can make? Is there some things that we can do to help with this? And make those prayers big. And by all means, make them biblical. And let's definitely make them bold. Let's pray, and we'll continue to worship. God, we love you. Man, it is so good to just be able to sing your praise and worship you. God, thank you for the place that you've provided. God, thank you for the voices that cry out to you. God, thank you for the words of Jesus who prayed over us. And if you're here today and you don't know what it looks like <coughs> to have a relationship with him, then maybe you're kind of like that actor. You just start seeing some of these words and there's just something that stirs in you. Jesus was very real. He lived a sinless life so that he could lay his life down and that you could have forgiveness. And if you've never done that before, maybe today is the day where that starts and you say, God, as, as best as I know how, I want to come to you. I want to leave behind my old life. I want to turn away from that. And I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life and follow him. And in that instant that someone says that, they're a new creation. And that sanctification, that being made more and more like Christ, that boldness of a prayer becomes real. And if that was you today, whether it be in person, online, God, we want to celebrate that. Talk with one of us. We want to talk more about it. God, thank you for hearing us. It'd be really weird to talk about prayer and just even have the thought that you're not going to hear it. But your word assures us there is, there is nothing that we pray that is not heard by you. Thank you for being that kind of God. Thank you for giving us that accessibility to your throne. And so, God, we pray. We pray over seeing lives change, God, and we, and we pray for what we can do to play a part in that. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.